Spookies, and welcome to another episode of D.O. Holmes Presents. So, here we are. First episode, first month of November. Uh, the month that people associate with the time of being grateful and giving thanks. Gratefulness is always strictly attached to positives, but sometimes those positives are like reverse negatives, you know? Like, if you commit some sort of sin or atrocity or do something horrible to, say, hurt someone, you're usually kind of grateful if karma doesn't catch up to you, you know? Do you believe in karma, readers, listeners, fans? See, it's funny when you think about it. Karma is supposed to be the the belief that essentially what goes around comes around. You should keep your karmatic head, your soul, the things that you put energy into, you know, clean, live without hurting people. There's a principality to it in every religion and everything that's out there, really, that no one should do anything that would cause harm or disruption to anyone else. Basic pagan belief is if it harm none, do what thou will. What if, not even what if, but how often does it come about that what you're doing doesn't seem wrong to you? Who elicits that karma then? Who's judging? Is it you? Is it your inner voice? Is it what you're supposed to know you're not supposed to do? Or is there some other divine force? Or maybe not so divine force that rules over us all and holds us accountable to every action that we partake. Well, that's somewhat the theme in the story that we have here tonight, which has been submitted by Lyric C. LaPlante, another author and photographer who I've worked with on a few books that I've done, uh, Derailed and Stranded. So, without further ado, I present her story, which we both hope that you enjoy. Frankenstein Love Triangle I was always bad with choices or decisions, or picking one solution. I've tried many times to make up my mind, but it always leaves me standing in front of the ice cream truck, pacing back and forth as I debate the options. I'm typically at the front of the line of very unhappy customers, and yet for some reason, I thought I had found my solid choice in her. Veronica was a monster. Well, a force of nature. Well... A fiery goddess. She held the reins on our relationship, made all the decisions for us, and I loved her more thoroughly for it. Our first date should have been a nightmare for me, but she made everything seem like a hazy dream. She held my hand like a little kid and drugged me behind her. I knew I would follow my beautiful red-haired lover anywhere. And so it went for five months. Blissful, beautiful, lovely. Veronica had sent me to the grocery store for a very firm and specific list for what I was supposed to get. And unfortunately, that's where I saw Tegan. 
That's when my heart fell in love for the second time. Tegan was short, round, and just as eager to get out of the store as I was. The only commonality she had with Veronica was the wild streak inside her. She was vulgar and eager. I had to have her. For the next four months, I was obsessed with schedule making. I became a very diligent man. I lived with Veronica, so she owned most of my nights, but my days were often bright with Tegan. It honestly was a lot of work, but I soon settled pleasantly into my deceptive routine. For once in my life, I was happy with the choices I had made. It was towards the end of the fourth month that I noticed Veronica was starting to look pale. She didn't have the spring she used to, and often tired out much sooner than before. The doctor we saw not mince his words. She was dying. I can hardly describe the pain I felt. I was devastated. I was sickened. I was broken. I had finally come to peace with my life, and now half my reason to live was about to be taken from me. I couldn't allow it. I'd been smart once. Really smart, but my inability to make decisions had hurt my chances of choosing a college. I could be smart again, though, for this. I took every chance I had before I knew Veronica's time was up to gather my supplies. I saw both girls less during that time, my one regret. I was a madman. I was focused. I was working. Finally, as I could sense the last bit of death coming for Veronica, I invited Tegan over to her home. I'm not sure what I expected from her, but her quiet presence was not it. For a second, her silent sadness gave me pause. I was ashamed of what I had done to her. I almost started to second-guess the whole plan. But one wet, horrible call from Veronica was all it took for me to grab Tegan and put her to sleep. My work was messy. My work was important. My work was bloody. I hacked. I cried. I tore open the chest of my lovers. I saw for once how truly beautiful they were on the inside. For three nights, I didn't blink once. I just worked until my fingers ached. On the third night, I washed my hands. I wiped my brow, and I looked down before me at the table. They wouldn't have looked beautiful to most, but they were ravishing to me, my creature. My lovers lay in all their mixed match glory. Veronica's hips, Tegan's smile. And when they opened their eyes for the first time, I stared into one eye from each of them. I'd done it. I could finally have it all. Alright, Spookies, that was Pick One by Lyric C. LaPlante, who I actually have here today as a guest. Go ahead and say hi. Hi. So, talk to me. What was the theme of that piece? Well, I took two things that actually scare me, um, infidelity and body horror. And kind of thought, what would happen if Frankenstein couldn't just make one monster? What if he couldn't decide? That's interesting, because there's been this idea that's been played with with the Frankenstein mythos for years that Dr. Frankenstein actually had several notes and possibly had several other experiments before he actually created the Frankenstein monster. So um, 
that's nice. I think one of my favorite pieces is actually the Frankenstein Theory. It's this found footage film where college kids, one of them reveals that he's actually a descendant of Dr. Frankenstein. And he's mm-hmm. found some of the notes and he's used this to track what he believes is the Frankenstein monster, which has been uh, thought for years to be the Yeti or Bigfoot. And uh, it's a great movie if you haven't seen it. But um, no, that's an interesting concept. So body horror and infidelity... Yes. Um, with going off of what you said too, there's a lot of even worse exper- experiments that never came to fruition. Um, if you think about even Van Gogh, a lot of his weirder stuff, or not Van Gogh, sorry, um, but a lot of his weirder stuff is what he didn't make. So um, that's really interesting, the Frankenstein theory. Um, but yes, um, the thought of not knowing if you are the second choice, the guy in the story didn't tell anyone until he was ready to essentially murder them so the I guess it's more so lying and just the how long can you draw that out um and then of course body horror when I think of those things in terms of me like it's different watching Saw and being like okay that's very separate from myself but when I think about something turned into me I get quite squeamish (laughs) Um, so I think combining the two was really fun or interesting. Yeah, it is. So when I think of body horror, one of my favorite pieces is uh, Tomei, which is a graphic mm-hmm. novel and films by uh, Junji Ito, uh, one of my favorite artists and storytellers. And uh, he has this story, Tomei, about this girl that can't die and will regenerate from even a cell of herself. And it's a very grotesque and a weird kind of body horror stories. And uh, it's kind of frightening because if you were to somehow even accidentally ingest a piece or a part of Tomei or blood or some of her skin, which happens in several stories, um, she grows inside of you or you slowly become her. And that's an interesting theme because it's like we, in a way, in destroying our monsters, become the monsters that we were trying to destroy. I think another thing, if you think of Tusk or even lighter, there's this young adult series that I've read that the person goes through all of the trials, they essentially win, but they still can't undo what's been done to them. Um, Tusk, spoiler alert, he's still the monster at the end. Like They've won, but he can't reverse that. And in the um, young, adult, young adult novel that I'm talking about, it's the lunar cycle, um, this guy gets transformed grotesquely into a wolf man essentially and even after the battle's done there's nothing to be done he just has to stay in that form and that's terrifying to me like someone has changed you and you can't undo it but I guess like with Tomei it's like the there's nothing to do like you you can't overcome it it's that that's kind of frightening it is and that's funny because that kind of fits for both things for body horror and cheating because um when you think about you know infidelity one of the uh things that comes along with that is that people feel changed by the event like they Mm -hmm. the insecurity and thing that hits you is you know what's wrong with me and part of getting over that is realizing that it had more to do with the individual than yourself so if you don't realize that and don't eventually pick yourself up and work to either fix the relationship or move on and move forward in a sense you become a byproduct of the infidelity yeah absolutely for both it's a lack of control you know, um, and having the having the control taken from your hands because with infidelity, if you're unknowing about it, you can't change it. It's already happened, and you had no control of the situation. 
same things if, you know, someone came and took your autonomy in like a disastrous way. <laughs> um, you can't change it. It wasn't your decision. Um, so lack of control for me personally is extremely terrifying. <laughs> so um, the, co- the combination is very uh, frightening. So have you ever seen Nina Forever? I haven't. So it's an interesting film. Um, pretty much this guy's girlfriend dies and he starts mm. seeing someone from work. But for whatever reason, um, as they're making love in his bed, uh, his dead girlfriend rises through the blanket and is there and views the uh, act as cheating because despite the fact that she's like an undead corpse, she's like, I'm still here. <laughs> and so you're sleeping with someone else. Mm-hmm. And this hurts my feelings. And I want you to stop. Understandable. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like, well, you're a mangled corpse because mm-hmm. you died in a car accident. And um, we can't continue to have a relationship because you're dead. And she's like, but I don't feel dead. I'm here in your bed. And it's an interesting film if you really watch it and study it. But it was... It gets kind of dark. It gets a little gross. Uh, but I'd love to be the other girl. What is she thinking? <laughs> uh, she's horrified by the situation, but she also really likes the guy. That's one of the things that's explored. It's like, this is a horrifying situation. You're, you know, you're hooking up with this guy from work you like, and then suddenly next to y'all, um, this husk of blood and flesh comes up, and it's kind of like, hey, uh, stop sleeping with my boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it takes a strong woman to continue with that, for sure. Yeah, so that 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 combines both uh, body horror and thoughts of infidelity. So yeah. definitely check that out if you haven't seen it. Yeah, definitely, that's very interesting. So you're a friend of uh, Mary Shelley's work. Yes, I am actually. Um, another podcast, the uh, Frightful Fret with Melisette. I wanted to read Frankenstein forever, but just couldn't get through it. So I read. I kind of read it while listening to the podcast, and oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's very interesting with um, Frankenstein and Dracula. I didn't realize how humorous they kind of are um like frankenstein the doctor obviously is horrible (laughs) like he's just the worst and it almost you know in media you don't really see just how bad he is or just how narcissistic he is um how do you spend months toying over this body and then like only at the very end do you look back and you're like "Mm, i don't know about that actually (laughs) like that's kind of gross like sir you've been digging through graves forever well, yeah, that's true, and that's one of the things about, you know, Frankenstein Monster is that, you know, the, the actual villain of the story is Dr. Frankenstein and not yeah. the monster. The monster's a byproduct of Dr. Frankenstein's experiments and his narcissism and his ego and his work, and yeah, literally at the end, he's like, ugh, this is gross. Yeah. Like- <laughs> it's honestly kind of sad, like, you feel for Frankenstein, he gets nothing good and anything that he does it gets taken away from him and once again that's that lack of control like he didn't ask to be born just like I guess none of us did but especially in such a way that he can't have this human connection and he's so smart but he's treated as this you know this dumb guy especially in further media it's it's sad it's funny it's definitely not what I was expecting when um, I started reading it well, uh, you did mention Melly said there, uh, dear friend, uh, amazing podcaster. Please check out a frightful fret with uh, Melly said. Uh, she, I was always a fan of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, but uh, her reading of it uh, made me more of a fan, and it's it was fun. We've had some fun discussions about it, and uh, she's also currently doing uh, a reading of Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's the delightful. Comedy. Yes, <laughs> which which is also can be viewed comedically, and it's it's been a, a fun little. Uh, ride going through that with her so definitely check that out her uh, podcast A Frightful Fight with Melissa is available on Spotify um, so I guess the other question that I had for you is 
do you feel uh since you did kind of pull inspiration from this classic work that uh the themes in frankenstein are still prevalent today oh absolutely once again um the most frightful experiments are the experiments that are just in journals i think like not to get too dark but like hitler did so much more than we even could fathom like there are monsters walking around us every day there's so many scientific discoveries that have happened that we probably don't want to know how um and the thought of once again not having your own body be your own is extremely prevalent even if you go even you know broader into like the me too movement like those thoughts and those fears those themes are all around us like mary shelley knew what she was doing <laughs> like um not to mention just like the narcissism the like um i own this like i can do this i'm different from someone else like you might see those in any types of relationships there's a lot of different themes and different um relationships that you can pull from frankenstein that you will find relate to you know your real life which is scary in itself um especially because it was written so long ago like you would think that we as humans would have evolved past the things that happen in that story but unfortunately we haven't okay well again thank you for submitting a story thank you for being here with us tell us a little about what you have going on with Thank you for having me. So I do photography. You can check out that at Flower Lungs on Instagram. Um, I also write. I've written a, a poetry book as well as published a book of my photography, which can be found on Amazon, um, which is the book is Too Much and the photography book is uh, Inspira. Um, and I plan to publish another book um, in the beginning of this next year. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and I think that's all for me right now. Okay, and I can attest that those are great. So definitely check out both Inspira, uh, her photographic work. Uh, you can see her on Instagram at Flower Lungs Photography. And check out Too Much, which is available under her name on Amazon, Lyric Sela Plant. Thank you for coming, uh, Spookies. Look forward to more as we get ready to round out the year. And uh, y'all take care. Erotic Nightmares.